Hi, Fighting for Joy listeners. I'm so glad you found my podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And as always, I love when you tell somebody else about the podcast. So please continue to share it with others and spread the message of hope and joy, even in the middle of difficult circumstances. Now, before I get started with today's episode, I just wanted to remind you about my sponsor, Faithful Counseling. If you've been a regular podcast listener, you know that throughout our entire grief journey, our family has been greatly helped by Christian counseling. And because of that, it is something that I will continue to recommend to you. The challenge can come with actually finding quality counseling and finding a counselor that is a good match for you. Well, Faithful Counseling, an online Christian counseling service, reached out to me a while back asking to sponsor the Fighting for Joy podcast. I was super excited about how something like this could help me to continue to grow and expand the podcast, but I of course wanted to try out their services before I would be willing to recommend them to you. So I signed up, and friends, I was so impressed. Faithful Counseling paired me with an amazing therapist. I so looked forward to each session with her, and she really helped me to make even more progress in my grief and helped me through a number of other smaller issues that I just needed to work on. Faithful Counseling will pair you with a professional licensed counselor as well, who will combine biblical wisdom with their clinical expertise in mental health to help you address your unique situation. And if for some reason you are matched with a counselor that does not seem to be a good fit, they will help you to quickly and easily switch to a different therapist. Faithful Counseling's unique platform gives you the ability to connect with your counselor at any time, and I loved that part of it. Your interactions are not limited to individually scheduled sessions. Instead, they offer a number of ways to connect with your therapist. You can FaceTime, talk on the phone, or even take advantage of their unlimited text messaging option. The counselors are easily accessible and willing to communicate frequently and in the ways that are most comfortable and convenient for you. I personally found the weekly FaceTime calls the most helpful because I wanted that face-to-face option, but I also texted my counselor throughout the week in between our sessions with various questions and concerns. So if you want to find out more about Faithful Counseling and see if they might be a good fit for you, I encourage you to visit their website. And don't forget, if you use my discount code, you will even receive 10% off. So check it out at faithfulcounseling.com slash fightingforjoy. The details about that code will be in my show notes, so if you're listening to this on the go, you can go back and find it later. But I just want to say it again, quality counseling is a worthy investment. It is such a powerful tool in the fight for joy in the midst of this broken world. It has certainly helped me, and I pray that it may provide the same help and hope to some of you. Again, that is faithfulcounseling.com slash fightingforjoy. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick, and my husband, Eric, is here with me again today. Hey, babe. Hello. Well, today we are going to talk about what may be to some of you an, an unfamiliar topic or maybe even an unpopular topic, but for us, it's a favorite topic because integrating a day of Sabbath rest into our week has been really helpful. Wouldn't you even say life-changing, Eric? Yes, and I wish we would have known this one sooner in life. This has been this has been radical and life changing for yeah, sure. For sure, and it's you know it's definitely a key tool for our family as we fight for joy. And this hasn't only been in grief; it's a tool that we implemented for years before grief even entered into our home. 
And I think looking back, it became a priority out of necessity, just kind of realizing that we weren't thriving as individuals or as a family in a seven-day continual flurry of activity and busyness and work. Yeah, well said. Yeah, Yeah. that just gets soul exhaustion. Yeah. And you know that when the gas gauge is already on empty when you start Monday morning, that uh, something's probably not... Not right. Yeah. Well, let's start by just kind of explaining what Sabbath is and where it came from, what the word means. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and start on this one? I'll fill in some color. Well, I think the word Sabbath, correct me if I'm wrong, but it means to stop or to cease. Hmm, Good. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, And as we see in scripture, it's just something that is... um, woven into the fabric of creation from the very beginning, God himself being the first one to practice um, this rhythm of rest. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so you get six days of creation and God saying things are good. Um, And then you get this weird seventh day that happens when God doesn't do anything. And then what he says is, it is really good. And he rests on the seventh day. And so you you get a God who is powerful enough to make something out of nothing, mm. um, create something new every day and say, man, that was good. And then um, he takes a rest on the seventh day to form a pattern, not because he needed the rest, because he was exhausted. Um, he's God. He just made everything out of nothing. Um, and so we we do see this pattern that he wants us to follow as his image bearers. And then we also see this as the fourth commandment. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. that's the crazy thing for me is that it's, you know, I get it in the Ten Commandments, we shouldn't murder. Great. But an equal commandment next to that is one of the ten mm-hmm. is thou shalt honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy, you, you got to rest. Mm-hmm. And, and so you got this pattern in creation and you got this fourth commandment. That's what do you do with it? And so, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we definitely see that from the start of God's word. Yeah. And all, you know, like you said, it is in the 10 commandments. Um, I think what's helped me the most over these last few years though, is, um, to not only think of it as a command, but also just as a gift. I think when we think of it as a command, sometimes I, I start hearing myself say, should, <laughs> I should do this, um, or I feel guilty if we don't. But when you look at it as a gift, as something right. that God has given to us, he knew we would need it, um, something that's designed to help us thrive and um, something that helps us, you know, be sustained in this broken world. Um, that's super helpful for me to kind of look at it as a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I think the gift is, you know, you got six days of hard work. You're working your uh, brains out and and then you've got this rhythm, just like music, just like notes in a in a bar. You've got three notes and then the fourth one is a rest, right? You got six days and the seventh day is a rest. There's mm-hmm. a real pattern that's been that's been built here. And I think that honoring that pattern as a gift is something that we didn't see for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think if you look at it, um, you know, from a Christian emphasis, because I would argue that even if, you know, you are not a Christian, um, just through God's common grace, I think it can benefit everyone to be in a rhythm of work and rest. Um, But looking at it, um, you know, from God's word, I think it, 
it's something that we we um, embrace as a set apart day to worship, um, to rest from our work and delight in God's work, um, Christ's work on our behalf, kind of a reset to remind us that God and his ways um, are better than all of the hustle and bustle of life, that he and, and time with him, it's he's better than work, he's better than being busy, he's better than a full social calendar, um, better than our phones, you know, whatever we dedicate our time to during the rest of the day and the rest of the week. Um, it's just a, a set apart day to, to worship rest and delight. Yeah. I, I think of this gift of rest and when we bucket, um, that's when I've seen my life just not having good seasons or good stretches of thriving. Like you say, I mean, I think of when I was younger and then when I got to college, I felt like I slowed down a ton and I still was characterized by kind of these, these long days upon days upon days work and then just unplugging or being sick and just being in, in bed for three days straight because mm-hmm. now you've gotten your body sick and you haven't been able to kind of maintain that and the human body can only handle so much. And I think one of the big things about Sabbath rest is that it reminds us that we're not God, that we were created to be de- to be dependent upon Him, and not just upon Him, but upon others and upon this earth, mm-hmm. and that we are finite and that we we are not meant to be able to go twenty four seven three sixty five. That's not what it means to be human. To be human means to be dependent upon God and others in this earth and. Uh, you know, uh, for me, burnout happened and just days of just having less energy or being sick in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. and I think that there's a real pattern here to be honored. And when we bucket, that's kind of when I've seen kind of some of the wheels in my life fall off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it might be helpful to just share a little bit about what it's looked like for our family, um, not because it needs to look like this for everyone, but just to kind of give an idea of what it could look, look like. Um, you know, for us, the day we do set aside as Sabbath is Sunday. Um, do you think it always has to be on Sunday? I, I do think it probably should be for most folks. I think if you work in the church, obviously, uh, those are long days. Um, and so it, so no, it doesn't have to be, um, particularly, you know, Sundays, but I do think for those of us that don't work in the church or have work that we cannot be on for you know, Sundays, Mm -hmm. um, that, that is a very sustainable pattern. Yeah. I think with the American calendar, it it does fit well. Um, so we set aside Sunday, um, and you know, the way that we say it is we make Sunday morning, the worship service at church, the pinnacle of the week for our family. Um, and so to do that, we really have to start on Saturday night. Um, when we decided we wanted to have a Sunday Sabbath be a consistent and major part of our weekly rhythm. We decided that we needed to feel rested on Sunday morning. So we weren't dragging ourselves and our kids to church because we had done that before. Um, just feeling exhausted and weary and just trying to make church something that we fit into our lives. Um, you know, so for years we've made it a point now to go to bed earlier on Saturday nights. Um, our kids have a, an earlier curfew on Saturday nights as well. Their curfew, um, Still is for grace um, around midnight on Friday night, but it would be um, 10, 30, 11 on Saturday night. Um, so I think I think that's been one of the key things that has really helped us 
um, start off the day right is by starting yeah. on Saturday night. Yeah, I think in the past I used to think it was like church is just something we squeeze in before lunch on Sunday. And I think framing it with the phrase, it's the pinnacle of the week, changes how you plan for it. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. Going to bed a little bit earlier, you know, Sunday night. Um, for Saturday us, we're not night. going mm-hmm. to the uh, 7 a.m. service if we were, if there was such a service. <laughs> um, then, you know, we probably would get to, to bed even more. Saturday night. Um, if you think about anything else that you prioritize in life and you want to be rested for it, and you want to feel great and you want to do great, that is the pinnacle and that is what you shoot for. And changing our thinking into, well, wait a minute, you know, you got six days of hard work and a day of rest. Maybe Sunday morning should be the pinnacle of the week. And if that was true, we should probably move around some things to make it seem like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it is worth asking the question. Um, you know, going back to the idea of pinnacle, the pinnacle of the week. Just um, are there things that you look forward to each week um, that are kind of the highlight of your week? Um, and you know, asking this question uh, can can sting a little if if we're honest, because a lot of times there are things that I think a lot of us look forward to um, more than time with God, more than time with his body, the church. Um, And it does really reveal the focus of our heart and our real priorities and kind of where our deepest affections are. Um, There's that quote that if you really want to know what you love, look at your calendar and your bank account. In other words, where are you spending your time and your money? Um, So, you know, to just, if, if it isn't church, if it isn't time with God, um, you know, just bringing that to him and tell him that you do want him to be the pinnacle of the week. You do want a day where you're excited to focus on him and a day of rest that draws your heart away from the world, away from its pressures, its messages, its lure, and use a a Sabbath day of rest as a way to start working towards having your heart more oriented towards God. Yeah, I think that's great. I think one of the pieces to kind of think through on this is what makes Sundays so hard to rest? What are those things that you're going to tell yourself, you're going to listen to yourself? What are some things that are going to make it really difficult to rest? And, you know, I think if, if we're honest, when we achieve things six days of the week, we can start to be lulled into that's going to give our life meaning. Like Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've achieved something, I've accomplished something of value. And so if six days was good, I better keep going so that I can do something to do even more today. Mm-hmm. And and I think that thinking is flawed. And I love the way that Tim Keller talks about it, that that's really the work under the work. You're, you're using your good work um, to prove that you are worthwhile as a human. You're doing these things to get your value and your self-worth out of what you are doing. And when you decide to try this rest and Sabbath thing, you're going to come square face to face with that. And mm-hmm. now what do I do? That means that if I don't work today, I'm not as good as I've been the rest of the week. And that absolutely has transformed the way I think about work mm-hmm. and what you're trying to remind yourself of on Sunday. You're, trying to remind yourself on Sunday that you're never going to be enough. You're, 
you you are a sinful, flawed human being, and you remind yourself that somebody, Christ came and became human flesh and did what you couldn't do to mm-hmm. earn perfect righteousness and a perfect resume that now counts for me that I could never have that kind of resume. Mm-hmm. But his righteousness counts for me and I don't have to work to impress myself, to impress God, to impress others, to make myself feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. I get to rest and remind myself that as God has rested from his work, so my work is done. Mm-hmm. Christ's resume counts for me and I can't add to it. Mm-hmm. And because I'm taken care of then and because I'm enough in God's eyes, I can then overflow to some really, really good work you know, Monday to, you know, Saturday. Yeah, that's super, super helpful. And so with that in mind, let's just kind of rattle through just a few things that kind of make up our, our Sunday Sabbath day of rest. So we, we go Lots to church. Lots of coffee. Let's, Lots just, of start, coffee. let's just start with that. <laughs> Lots of coffee, um, a slower morning. You know, we spend a lot of time reading and journaling and reading God's word and talking and having coffee. And um, yeah, I, th- I think one of those things about that for us is that it's totally different than my six other days of the week or Mm -hmm. at least five other days Mm -hmm. of the week. Like I love to read, but I don't do a lot of reading at the bank. I do a lot of spreadsheets and I love numbers (laughs) (laughs) and I love to focus on banking. Um, And what I'm doing Sunday morning is kind of a whole different gear. It's it's a whole different way than what I get paid for during the course of the Mm -hmm. week. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and so I think that's an element of what to really shoot for, to, to kind of mix up this pattern of your week. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then we, you know, like we said, then we go to church, we worship in community and take seriously the exhortation in scripture, not to neglect gathering together, um, to worship. And then, you know, a chunk of our lunch is usually spent about, um, kind of talking about what we just heard, what we learned at church. We've done that from the time our kids were little until this past Sunday. Um, I think it also is a day that we're kind of guaranteed time with family and with each other. Um, it's often a nap for you. It is often a um, nap. <laughs> Sleep when, is good. Yeah. And when the kids were, were younger, it was nap time for everybody. Even into their teen years, we would have quiet time in your room and you know, if they weren't wanting to nap, they could read or journal or draw or put together Legos, just like you said, just things that we don't either make the time or have the time for um, the other six days of the week. Um, less cooking for me is another thing yeah. that we've tried to implement. We and usually, that's been going on for decades. Yeah, yeah. Kind of doing our pizza yeah. and popcorn um, so that I'm not making another meal. Again, that's the only week, unless we're going out, that I don't cook yeah, a, a big Yeah, the only day. Yeah, a big... Um, yeah, only day that I don't cook a big dinner. Um, we try not to do much work around the house. I love the Ann Voskamp quote that um, we do Saturday's work for Sunday's mm, rest. I love that. So, you say that all the time. Yeah. That's so yeah. fantastic. And I would say that since we started observing Sunday as a Sabbath day, um, Saturdays, We've they've really a gotten a lot busier. <laughs> yeah. We've yeah. a lot more done. Yeah. And, but I love it because instead of merely just kind of having two days off on the weekend now, we look yeah. at it as kind of another work day in order to have a full non-work day, um, absolutely focused on rest and delight. Yeah. I, I think the other point about uh, prioritizing being with God's people is um, just like we are dependent upon God for life and breath and for righteousness we are dependent upon one another and Mm -hmm. you know we don't just get up and we don't just 
um, pray and sing in our house, we get to lean on heavily those people that we're doing life with that, Mm -hmm. um, that also love the Lord that sing his praises that can buoy us up when we're a mess that know that we're coming to church and we don't have it all together. Um, and they can be there with us and for us and pray with us and we can experience the joys with them. That's part of uh, depending upon one another. Mm-hmm. And I love that part of the day as well, that it shows not just our dependence upon God, but our dependence upon uh, you know one another too. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think, you know, hospitality, that's a huge part of our mission as a family, but we do try to recharge and reset and rest by time at home, um, either right. alone or just alone as a family. Um, you know, that's, we found is a good day for us to not spend a lot of time with other people, but to be home as much as we can. That does mean turning down a lot of wonderful things on Sundays, even good things like small group or Bible study, um, opportunities for our kids. Um, but you know, it's been just the benefits have outweighed some of the, the yeses that we could, we could say, um, Sunday night entertainment, you know, when the kids were little, it was America's funniest home videos every mm. single Sunday night mm. at six Still o'clock. Still kind of is for me too. That's um, on my, uh, <laughs> that's on my Facebook feed. <laughs> yeah. But now usually, you know, it's a family movie or games. Um, you know, so again, it's not, it's, we're not trying to be anti-cultural, um, you know, just saying no TV, no phones, no alcohol, or, you know, whatever kind of day, the key is just to find what is restorative and refreshing. And so for us, laughter, I mean, that's hence the America's Funniest Videos. Um, that is a good part of have how we recharged on on Sundays. Yeah, I, th- I think that was an adjustment too. there was so many good activities that the kids wanted to do between sports and between getting asked over at, you know, friend's house. Um, and you know, we certainly made exceptions to that, but it was more of an exception to the rule than its own rule. Mm -hmm. And that was hard to, to uh, fight for. I was not a popular dad many Mm -hmm. Sundays. And, um, and, and yet it, it has become part of the culture of our home and what our house sounds like during the course of the week. Um, and, and it did take time getting there. So I don't want, if this is somewhat life-changing for you and you want to try this or double down on it, um, you know, give, give grace to your kids, family. This is a, this, this is a habit that doesn't come natural. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to work to prove we are good. And, um, there's a lot of good things we can do Sundays and it's, it, it does take time. And I just encourage you not to give up getting that kind of rhythm and, you know, discipline in mm. your um, home. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you touched on a good point. I mean, it's important not to let this get legalistic. I mean, there will be times when you just can't have a normal Sabbath day. I mean, it's a holiday when you're, you're hosting your family or one of your kids has a choir concert or, you know, there's a social gathering you don't want to miss or somebody needs their uniform washed and you just have to do laundry that day or, you know, something goes wrong in the house that needs to be fixed. Um, so there will occasionally be things that come up that will pull you away from this planned rest but the goal should be that you are doing it more times than you are not and and i would just challenge you too that when you can't um take time to observe the difference in the following week and how you feel and how your family's functioning in your emotions and your desire to to be with the lord i mean i think it's interesting the times that we haven't been able to stick with our sabbath sunday rest uh plan 
and I do notice a big difference in the following week. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. Um, there's a whole chapter really dedicated upon rest and uh, Sabbath. I think I uh, quoted Kelly Capick's new book last time, um, but his new book came out, and if you don't have it yet, you 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 gotta get it. It's you're only human. And there's a whole section about rest in there, you know, making a lot of these same points. And I love this quote. He says, what if I told you this Sabbath rest is not a luxury, hmm. but a fundamental aspect of how God made you? I worry that ignoring our need for such a pattern of rest means that we are functionally pretending to be the creator and the sustainer. And this sets me and you up not just for endless exhaustion, but also increased feelings of condemnation and despair. Hmm. I just, I yeah, just love that. Good. That was so yeah. much of what my life looked like before this rhythm started to come in. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I just love that quote. That's one of probably a hundred quotes in here. I love. Yeah, but I'm only going to read one. Maybe one other one. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> really helpful. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're starting to think about what um, a Sabbath day might look like for you or your family, I mean, a good question to ask just might be, you know, what are a, a few things that I would choose to do if I wanted to make one day out of the week a really filling day, a set apart, a special day, um, not in an unattainable, extravagant way, but just things that you can't do every single day because of work and your other commitments in life. And it might take some time to figure out what really helps you feel rested and restored and things that fill your cup um, and help you delight in the Lord and in his goodness to you. Again, the key is just to remember this isn't just a day off. This, you know, isn't a luxury yeah. like you just said. This yeah. is, um, this is, it has purpose and intention. And, um, and so that means that for each individual, it might look different. Um, so even making a physical list might be helpful or brainstorming with somebody or trying different things. Um, you know, reading, getting outside, maybe for you, it is having people over, um, napping, you know, mowing, maybe for one person mowing the yard would feel like a horrible way to spend their Sabbath. <laughs> and for another day, two hours alone out in the yard mowing, I mean, that might be amazingly restful. So you know, it's just, it, it may take some time. It may take some trial and error, but um, what are the things that draw you to the Lord? What makes you just utterly in awe of his ways and, and his world and his care and his love for you? Yeah, I think we need space in our week to just see where our feelings go. Mm -hmm. um, we can be so driven and we can go after things. And I think you do need space just to be like, what do I feel like doing now? <laughs> what is it that inspires me now? What is it that I feel like? And it may not be sleep. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it it may be music. It may be getting into some art, photography, some of those mm -hmm. those types of things of just, or it might be, you know, writing letters. Um, it's just what, you know, where do I have space in my life to just kind of flow mm -hmm. and and if we are always rushing and we are always exhausted in soul, we're, we're, we're not going to be able to find that and to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think another way that may be kind of helpful for somebody to think about this is to kind of compare it to what we call a holiday. And a holiday, you know, means a holy day. A holy day means a set apart day. And so that's a day that is set apart. Um, and a Sabbath day is a set apart day that you know, can be scheduled in and anticipated. And 
I heard um, Mark Comer, who talks a lot about Sabbath, he was just saying, you know, nobody says, why are we so legalistic about Christmas? Why do we always have to celebrate Christmas every December? Why is it always on December 25th? Why do we have to decorate? Why do we have to get together? You know, he said, unless you're the Scrooge or you're just in a really difficult (laughs) season of life where holidays are hard and that does happen. I mean, most people love knowing that there is a set apart day coming. There's a special season Hmm. that's a part of our calendar. And most people anticipate it so much that they actually even begin decorating in November and Christmas shopping even in the summer. And so similarly, you know, scheduling a Sabbath day and anticipating it and constantly integrating it into your weekly schedule and the regular rhythm of your family can overflow into a lot of wonderful things, preparation for it, and also just the overflow of some great things throughout the rest of the week following it. Yeah, there's there's rhythms, not just in the course of seven days, there's rhythms across the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really kind of a lot of what the backbone of the church calendar is is built on as well. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we love living in this part of the country that we do, where we get the four seasons and our pace over winter by the fireplace is not the same pace as when the sun comes up at 6 a.m. in the morning and sets at 9.30 at night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over the you know summer. We pack in a lot more. It's a different rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yes, there's, there's much to be said on that, too. Here's another great quote from uh, Kelly Capit's book. The Sabbath was not instituted to make you feel guilty, but to make you feel known and loved. Mm, that's good. I just love that, that it's a good reminder that you got to... You got to stop. What makes you valuable is not that you work so hard. What makes you valuable is you are a child of God known by him and you are being, you are being made to respond to things Mm -hmm. now like Christ responds to things Mm -hmm. and having compassion for people and you are growing in faith and, um, that, that being a child of God is where your identity lies Mm. and can't be moved if your job moves or you don't have a job or you get hurt and you can't do some of these things, um, that is what you are being reminded of every Sunday. You've rested from your works. You realize that Christ's work is enough and counts for me. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And in our culture, it does take being still and slowing down and being intentional and purposeful to feel that love for God. Otherwise, we are just go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And you know we are missing just that sweet fellowship with the Lord and feeling his care and love for us. So we do just encourage you guys to give it a try, even if you don't understand all of this theology that we're talking about around it, or maybe you do have some spiritual baggage around it. Um, Maybe you don't know anybody else who even practices this, but um, we just challenge you to try it for a month or two. Maybe even if you just start with part of a day or just set apart, um, you know, an evening, um, you know, I think it'll take a while to experience the benefits of it. Like Eric said, um, you know, these, there's a reason why spiritual disciplines are called practices because the more you practice them, you know, the more beneficial they will be. So don't expect it to feel like it does for us or for somebody who's been practicing a Sabbath rest for years and years. Um, just start with a few simple changes, maybe start with an earlier bedtime on Saturday night, like we said, and a consistent plan to get to church, on Sunday morning, I think starting with just those two things would be huge. And then you can, you know, keep adding things like maybe then add a special brunch that you'll always start to fix after church or, you know, integrating a quick nap in the afternoon after lunch, or maybe you have a comfy pair of sweats that you want to wear every Sunday afternoon. It's just little things and little changes that can be 
um, starting to make a big difference in how you feel about the day, how you look forward to the day, how you reorient your mind and your heart away from the world and away from the lesser things that are constantly grabbing for our attention and find simple ways to delight in the Lord. Yeah, I think that's I think that's well said. I mentioned Kelly's book. The other um, you know resource that I would uh, uh, commend to you is just go to your uh, podcast app and download um, or look look for Gospel in Life, and then search Work and Rest. Um, that is that is a probably fifty or forty five minute podcast that that was life-changing for me. I still remember where I was when I heard it the first time and I heard it the second time mm. driving up to Estes Park. I mean, I just put that on and I just, I, I felt like, wh- where has this been? <laughs> like these concepts, um, we were starting to Sabbath rest even then, but then that's when the light bulb really came on and I think we, um, you know, doubled down on it. So I would definitely uh, you know, uh, commend that. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to mention? Man, those are the those are the big ones. I think that um, you know, like we just said, this is this is a day to be reminded and to listen and to hear just how much you're loved. Yeah, that's um, so good from your Creator, from His people, um, and how we are built to depend upon the earth. And it's a good rhythm to be quiet. And man, I just hit Monday morning so much harder Yeah, uh, and ready for a great, great week when I've um, taken that gift of the Sabbath on Sundays. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I actually look forward to Mondays now yeah. <laughs> and the start of a new week. So, well, again, you know, the last thing that we would want to, to do is make you feel guilty or pressured or have that uncomfortable should language creep in. But We just couldn't help but want to share about this topic because it has breathed so much life and joy and strength and help into our lives and into our family and truly has been transformative for us. And we believe that this practice, if implemented on a regular basis, can seriously change a life and a family. And practicing a day or at least part of a day of Sabbath rest changes not only that one day of the week, but the other six days as well. So we hope this episode gave you some things to think about and that it further helps you, as Psalm 37 says, to delight yourself in the Lord. There is much delight to be found in our good God in taking some time every week to slow down, quiet yourself, and focus on that could be what you are missing in your fight for joy. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.